0: Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett.
1: On this episode, the author of the Time Tunnel series of books discusses time travel, wormholes, and the butterfly effect.
2: Wormholes connect black holes in different uh, space time. And so, uh, in theory, if it were possible to uh, travel through a singularity and not be shredded to bits, you. might well appear in a different space-time that pop out on the the other end.
1: Have you ordered your bottle of carbon-60 yet? The mighty Aphrodite and I have been taking a tablespoon of this miracle molecule suspended in olive oil for a few months now. We're taking the purest form of C60. It's called ESS60 and it's produced by our friends at c60evo.com. C60 in oil is a powerful antioxidant that moves through the body like a magnet to attract and neutralize free radicals. It can slow down aging and reduce cellular damage. C60 can improve the immune system and reduce inflammation naturally. Often we hear about improved vision and substantially keener mental focus. The mighty Aphrodite and I are sleeping much better, we're both pain-free, no joint stiffness or back pain, and that's why I call Carbon 60 the miracle molecule. It's great for us humans, and it's great for our pets. To order, go to c60evo.com, that's c60evo.com slash r-e-f slash r-s-1. Again. To order your bottle of ESS-60, go to c60evo.com R-E-F-R-S-1.
0: Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs, here's Richard Serrett.
1: Richard Todd, the author of the Time Tunnel Trilogy, is standing by. Imagine if a secret organization inside the U.S. government had the ability to travel back in time and prevent the 9-11 terror attacks. Richard Todd is a writer, inventor, and entrepreneur. As a contributor to the Huffington Post and the San Francisco Chronicle, he's interviewed astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson, Virgin Group founder and chairman Sir Richard Branson, Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak, Pulitzer Prize winner author Jane Smiley, astrophysicist Brian Greene, IBM Watson supercomputer team leader David Ferrucci, and who killed the electric cars Chelsea Sexton. Richard holds four patents in the field of information technology. Like Michael Crichton's great techno-thrillers, Richard weaves real-life science into the Time Tunnel series to translate fantastic concepts like time travel into plausible reality. Richard Todd, welcome to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you?
2: I am very well, thank you.
1: The Time Tunnel Series. So far, there are two books in the series. You're working on a third. Uh, for the listener's benefit, give us the elevator pitch for the Time Tunnel Series.
2: So the, uh, the first book in the series, so the short version is that um, uh, the idea is that uh, the technology to travel through time is used by the government in order to correct what they see as inflection points in time. So the idea is that uh, one aspect of this is that there are historians that uh, look back in time and look at possible uh, inflection points where if a correction were made, then they might be able to change things for the, uh, for the benefit of the United States. And in book one in the series, they identify 9-11 as one of those inflection points in time. And the idea is that uh, they aren't really looking, focusing on 9/11 so much to uh, to save lives. It's really more about uh, circling 9/11 as a point in the calendar that punctuates the beginning of the decline of the American Empire, because America uh, responded to 9/11 in a very different way than it did in uh, past uh, catastrophes. So, say. Uh, Pearl Harbor, um, the Great Depression, and, and uh, just looking at uh, Pearl Harbor uh, as an example, uh, America responded in all kinds of positive ways. So, uh, they um, One of the, the chief benefits was the creation of the GI Bill, and so as a result of uh, world, world War II, we had the, the best educated workforce on the planet, and so we went on to create the Internet and send people to the moon, et cetera. But uh, after 9-11, we responded in a very different way. We didn't really grow as a nation. We began to look more inward. Uh, We became more isolationist, more tribal, and uh, we prioritized uh, national security over things like uh, science and math and technology and educating our, our citizens. So, Yeah, it's. I think it's one aspect of this is interesting in that uh, even even though it was a a horrible event and uh, cost nearly 3,000 lives, that's not the principal reason that the the people who run the time tunnel go back in time to change it. Uh, That that's just an extremely nice byproduct of it. The the primary reason they're doing that is that they want to reverse this trend towards nationalism and uh, putting security over other um, priorities that, that the nation has embraced in the past, including education.
1: How much of of your work was inspired by the original The Time Tunnel series with James Darren and Lee Merriweather back in the mid-60s? Not, I'm not asking you to date yourself, but, you know, it could live on in reruns, Right.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah uh, I, unfortunately, I, I will uh, go ahead and dive in and date myself. I, I loved that show when I was a kid, and I was just riveted to it. And so uh, that really the only thing, though, that uh, my tum- time tunnel has in common with uh, the time tunnel of the 60s is that both are... Underground uh, time travel facilities that uh, that are run by the government. But uh, other than that, they're, they're very different, and the uh, and the characters are, are different as well. So uh, Doug and Tony uh, do not reappear in this time tunnel.
1: You, you you say that you're sort of inspired or or I guess influenced somewhat by Michael Crichton and the idea of weaving real science uh, into uh, into your books. So who did you talk to first of all when you were researching this? Who, who, what sort of, I don't know, theoretical physicists or who would you speak to to, to uh, discuss the possibility of time travel?
2: So uh, obviously did a, a lot of reading on the subject and also uh, was largely inspired by Brian Green. And I, I did speak with him for an, uh, an article that uh, that I wrote. And so we, we talked a fair amount about the possibility of time travel and one of the things that he raised was the fact that in a sense time travel is already something that um, is probably uh, possible Uh, and and he uh, talked about uh, how uh, wormholes connect um, black holes in different uh, space time and so Uh, In theory, if it were possible to uh, travel through a singularity and not be shredded to bits, uh, you uh, might well appear in a different space-time and uh, pop out on the the other end. Of course, there are some obvious practical issues associated with that, but that really took me off in a direction of the relationship of of time and space and uh, did a fair amount of of research into Uh, gravitational time dilation, which is a a theory which was predicted by uh, Einstein's general theory of relativity, which uh, was later proven out. And uh, just one simple example of that regards uh, GPS satellites. So the idea is that uh, the time experienced in a satellite uh, flying above the Earth is slightly different than the way that we perceive time uh, on the planet. And so the idea and if you don't correct for that, then you'll find yourself uh, driving into a ditch instead of uh, reaching your Starbucks. So <laughs> you you have <laughs> so you have to um, you have to correct for that. And uh, to me, that is just fantastic when you think about how on earth would would a theoretical physicist um, uh, think up something like that and just be able to prove out or to um, to theorize. That uh, time actually may be different in places that uh, experience lower gravity than than we do here on Earth. It's just fantastic to me.
1: Right, right, and and so the the agent or the mechanism by which you your characters achieve time travel in the, the time tunnel series. Uh, I'm guessing it's it's not like a, an actual. Is it a machine or is it a device like, let's say, TARDIS from the Doctor Who series? You don't walk into a telephone booth, but how do you achieve time travel in your in your books?
2: The so the short version is that uh, I do uh, talk about the relationship between uh, time and space, and so I am showing some of the moving gears uh, more so than is than is the case with the TARDIS. Uh, though I, I would love. To for it to be as easy as walking into a telephone booth, uh, it, it's it's a little more involved than that. So the the short version is that uh, I um, this mechanism folds time space, and so by by doing that, um, I guess one way to think about this is that uh, with the uh, with the Star Trek series and warp speed, uh, they weren't really going faster than the speed of light, though by Uh, using their engines, the power of their engines, to fold space, it's kind of like folding a map. Uh, If you do that, then you can shorten the distance between point A and point B. And so it appears that you're going faster than the speed of light when you actually aren't. Uh, But with this, I'm I'm actually going a step further and actually folding the map in in on itself. And so by, by doing so, we're able to go to different places in time
1: and the when you were doing your research and speaking to theoretical physicists and so forth did did you get a sense of how how far away we are from achieving some sort of time travel either into the future or into the past
2: yeah not not so much I think that the um, the the concept though that the idea that um, space-time is a, frab- a fabric, and because it is uh, a, a fabric, the idea that, that it can be folded and manipulated, that uh, that is something that seems to be uh, real, and uh, so that uh, that holds out some hope or possibility that it may be possible to, to do this at some point. I don't think it's going to be something that happens in my natural lifetime, but um, uh, perhaps someday. <laughs>
1: And, without having you give away too much of the book, whenever we talk about time travel to the past we we talk about the grandfather paradox, creating unintended consequences. Uh, you know the idea if you go back in time, you accidentally run over your grandfather, then your timeline disappears, and so forth. How do you handle that in in your series?
2: sure, and I, and it, I guess it it depends which uh, uh, which theory uh, of time travel you believe in depending on uh, which uh, movie or sci-fi TV uh, you uh, believe in so whether whether or not it's uh, Star Trek and uh, and it is the or um, uh, back to the future and the grandfather paradox really exists and you you kill your grandfather and you don't exist or if you uh, embrace something more recently like um, um, like the, the, uh, the most recent Avengers movie, Endgame, where they say, well, that's just ridiculous. Uh, that timeline continues to exist regardless of, of what you do in the past. In, in my books, I, I do embrace the, the, the grandfather theory. And so, uh, and so the thinking is that if you go back and you change time, then that timeline is, is uh, changed irrevocably. And so the way that I handle it is that uh, I... Place the the time tunnel outside of time. So, in effect, what we're doing is we create a uh, parallel universe, and so and so we get into the the notion of multiverses with this. And so, all what we're doing is we're cre- creating yet another universe, but this one is is only about uh, one kilometer in diameter, large enough to hold the. Uh, a time tunnel, and so it, it puts it on a, a timeline which is separate and distinct from the one that it is changing, uh, though uh, also using this magical technology that uh, that we found, and I won't name the source where, where we get that. Uh, re- the listeners will need to buy the book for that, but uh, the, the time tunnel is still able to t- tap into the former timeline that it has changed, and so they do that in order to determine whether or not they've been successful, whether or not they've actually been able to go back and correct uh, time in, in the way that they, they intended to.
1: This uh, time travel sort of what-if genre, is, it's fantastic because, uh, I mean, who among us hasn't thought about going back in time and, uh, you know, writing some wrong or, you know, reversing something that we regret? Um is that something that you th- that you often think about in your I mean, after writing this series and, and while you're writing it, do you do you often find yourself thinking about that? I'd like to go back and do this differently.
2: Oh, sure. I mean, I um, before I met my uh, my beautiful wife, I used to uh, think about uh, when I, I was a younger man and and uh, more shy um, I think about girls I wish I had said hi to at the time rather than uh, just looking away. And uh, in cases where I just uh, completely screwed up and did something that I I shouldn't have done or just made a horrible mistake, I I wish I could have undone that. But, you know, you also think about the the butterfly effect and what impact that would have if, if uh, if I had gone back and, and changed something and I also think about the, would I be the person that I, I am today if I had uh, taken an entirely different course if, if, if I had not had the opportunity to learn from the, the mistakes that I had made when I was a, a younger person so it so it's hard hard to know um, I, I am quite happy where I am at, at the moment and so there uh, I, I Probably would not uh, change much if I had the opportunity to go back so for me today if if I went back in time it would really be more for curiosity's sake I think more than anything else
1: well, for curiosity's sake so uh now I'm curious what what historical point would you love to go back and witness
2: oh gosh that's a that's a really good one there there are just so many to choose from uh, for some reason um 1963 Dallas uh, uh, JFK assassination is is popping up, and I don't know. I, I'm not sure why that is because it's such a grisly, horrible event. But um, I think part of it is that. Uh, so this this uh, time frame is not too terribly different than the original time tunnel series. I just remember that, uh, experiencing that as a as a child, uh, and just. Uh, uh... witnessing my my mother crying witnessing the um, the scenes on the television uh, i remember seeing lee harvey oswald shot uh... live on tv which was uh, quite amazing i remember the, seeing the uh, the funeral and and um, and Jackie Kennedy and and her children, and so uh, I, I'm not quite sure why that just popped into my head, but uh, I think that's one of those indelible moments that is uh, is burned in there and will never go away.
1: Sure, I think I'd rush up to the sixth floor of the book depository building and see if Oswald was actually there.
2: <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe that's something I I could stop or uh, either that or the grassy knoll. Who who knows?
1: Right, Uh, which kind of leads us back to the whole unintended consequences and the butterfly effect. Um, What would happen if, do you think, if Kennedy had lived? How would America have turned out differently?
2: Gosh, that, um, well, I mean, uh, there's been a whole, well, a bunch of movies made about that, right, including uh, JFK, and, uh, I think that the, um, I think the assumption is that we might have uh, might have uh, pulled out of Vietnam earlier than, than, we, uh, than we did, uh, which I think uh, history has shown would, would have been a good thing. So it did look like we were bending in, in that direction, and uh, I'd like to think that that, that would have happened. So I I think that's probably one great big thing that that might have happened if, if JFK had survived.
1: More of my conversation with Richard Todd when Conspiracy Unlimited returns. Colleen Forgus is the manager of our Strange Planet Full Script Dispensary. She's a nutritional therapist and we welcome her once again. Hey Colleen. Hi Richard. So many people these days, Colleen, are suffering from, well, stress and anxiety. What do we have at the Strange Planet Full Script Dispensary for anxiety control? That's exactly what it is. It's a product called Anxiety
0: Control by a company called Metabolic Maintenance and this is a great overall product for helping you to eliminate stressful feelings during the day it enhances your ability to sleep soundly at night and it just calms and relaxes the mind.
1: Sounds like just what the doctor ordered. Colleen, thanks again, we'll talk soon.
0: All right, Richard, be well.
1: To order Anxiety Control, just go to strangeplanet.ca and click on the Full Script Dispensary button and then register. Remember, all orders receive 10% off and orders of $50 or more ship for free. These products have not been evaluated by the FDA and are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure. If you have a medical concern, please consult your healthcare provider.
0: Another reality. Richard is a very strong and handsome man. Just not in our reality. Although I heard somebody passing him in the hall the other day, and it went what a handsome man Richard is. I made that up. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrat.
1: The Time Tunnel author Richard Todd is here. Invariably, people always come around to asking, if you go back in time and all of a sudden there was a baby Adolf Hitler in your arms, would you throw him into the Danube River? And uh, it always spawns fascinating debates. On the surface, it seems like a no-brainer. Of course you would. But again, we have unintended consequences. Sometimes you end up with something worse. How would you answer that question?
2: You know, the thing is that um, I I would like to think that... um, Babies are not born as uh, people who are going to uh, grow up to uh, st- uh, start wars and uh, exterminate millions of innocent people. And so I, I would like to think that it might be possible with uh, uh, good parenting simply to raise baby Adolf into uh, uh, into an artist, which uh, art seemed to be something that, that he enjoyed being. So I, I uh, would, and um, I would also say that uh, so Hitler obviously was a was a horrible uh, human being, um, but uh, if there were uh, no demand, there'd be no supply, yeah. and so as is always the case with authoritarian regimes. Um, those uh, those people who rise to power uh, can't uh, do that either without the the uh, express or tacit support of uh, many millions of people, you know, which was the case with uh, with Hitler. So, um, but uh, you know, I'd like I sure like to think that uh, baby Hitler, if he had had uh, positive pairing, parenting and grew up in a nurturing environment, uh, uh, might well not have. Uh, Growing up to be the, the horrible monster that uh, that he became.
1: Ricky Gervais uh, did a, a stand-up routine, and he, and he talked about that. And uh, he actually showed a picture of Hitler as a baby, and, and maybe not politically correct to say, but undeniably a very cute baby. So imagine, you know, those people that think it's a no-brainer. Sure, you throw the baby into the Danube, but all of a sudden now you have this adorable, helpless little baby in your arms. It's not... So easy. The, the the other thing that uh, is, I find interesting is if, so you choose this inflection point and you decide, well, we're gonna prevent it from happening. Let's say with, with Hitler, do you do you kill Hitler or do you go back and you make sure that the, let's say that the Treaty of Versailles wasn't so devastating to the German people? Or do you go back further and prevent World War One? You know, you prevent Archduke Ferdinand from being assassinated. So, so in other words, in order to prevent something, how far back do you go? Where do you jump in?
2: Yeah, it's a it, it's a wonderful question, and uh, I mean you keep going back forever, right? Uh, so do you prevent uh, Archduke Ferdinand from being assassinated, or uh, at the conclusion of, of World War One, do you uh, instead of um, imposing these uh, these very onerous conditions on on the Germans that you instead uh, use some kind of marshall plan which uh, turned out to be much more successful at, at the outset or at the, at the end of world war ii and uh, would that have uh, had a more positive effect and it probably would have
1: so again i don't want to, you to give too much away but can you kind of hint at at where you jump in to prevent 9-11 and if you want to say i can't answer that yeah. that's fine
2: sure well i'll talk to it uh, to some extent so the uh, we, we weave in the Heisenberg uncertainty principle into this. And so the thinking is that we cannot inject our time travelers into a precise place and time, and so we instead have a range of, of places and times that, that we can place them with some degree of certainty. And this is where uh, everything goes wrong, because the, the idea is that we want to... Uh, have them land a couple weeks before 9-11. Uh, we've got good histories on all of the hijackers. We, don't, we know where they are, when they were, and uh, so we can go and we can uh, start to assassinate them uh, one by one before they ever get on board their planes. And so, uh, unfortunately, things don't work out precisely as planned, and uh, so we we arrive uh, the day before 9-11, and uh, some of our, the team don't make it through and so this is when our 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 sole survivor has to in- improvise in order to be able to to carry out his mission
1: one of the other big questions that often comes up when when time travel is discussed is if time travel is ever to be possible at any point in the future we should be visited by time travelers now how do you how do you uh, weigh in on that
2: well maybe we are um so um, uh, who knows, and, and how would you know whether or not they were among us? And, uh, and actually, that is something that um, I don't want to give away too much in the book, but uh, where the, the, the tech comes from in, in our time, t- time tunnel actually does come from the future. And uh, though we do not understand that uh, to be the case when, uh, when the technology is, is discovered, but, uh, but they may well be be here sure and um, but I, I would assume that if if they were uh, conscientious time travel travelers they would want to be very cautious about any adjustments that uh, they made in, in our timeline I, I would uh, assume hope like to believe that they're just observers and uh, studying ancient history
1: I, I, I'm not sure if you recall the John Teeter. Uh, legend actually began sort of on coast to coast many years ago. Art Bell uh, was receiving emails from someone named John Teeter who claimed to be a, a time traveler. I think from the year 2050 or something. Uh, he claimed he was going. He went back to 1975. I think to. He needed to get a um, uh, a piece of equipment from an old computer, an IBM computer, and uh, take it back to the future. I'm not sure. You know why that was necessary, but through the uh, email exchange, I guess which lasted several months, he made a number of uh, predictions. Um, some of which have have come true. Which were, uh, and I again, I, I I'm a little foggy on what those were. But I'm not. We, we, do you remember the John Teeter uh, legend?
2: I, I remember it vaguely. Um, I I actually am not. Um, I'm not remembering the. Uh, the the projections that uh, he made that actually came true. But, um, yes, I, I, I know of him.
1: So when people make uh, predictions, and you see them pop up on YouTube from time to time, someone claiming to be a time traveler and, and having, uh, and they seem, some of them, quite sincere. Obviously others are uh, just having us on. Uh, what do you make of those, of those people? Do you give them at least some credence?
2: Well, I think that um, I, I am in, I do uh, uh, bend towards uh, Occam's razors explanations for things, and so it, it's easier to, for me to believe that uh, that they're nuts rather than actual uh, time travelers. In, in large part, because I just have a, a vague sense of just how difficult it is to travel through time. And uh, I'm not. Again, I'm not saying that it will never happen, but. Um, it's really really hard to do and so uh, i i do i would want uh, someone who claims to be a time traveler to uh, to prove it uh so i i think making uh, projections about uh, about the future i think uh, predictions about the future and, and uh, seeing how those prove out would is probably the easiest and best uh, way to to do that and in a perfect world it would be something that not necessarily something that, that's big and something that might be something that you could uh, you you might be able to uh, predict if you were um, fairly intuitive but um, maybe small things like um, um, uh, who am I getting to get married to in, um, and and uh, when is that going to happen those, those kinds of uh, things.
1: How does the idea of free will um, play out then? When when we talk about time travel and and uh, you know going back into the time, to- going back into the past, and so forth, that begs that sort of begs the question: Do we really have free will?
2: Uh, say, say some more. I want to make sure I, I understand the question.
1: Um. Well, if if we go back in time. Um, or, hmm. I guess I kind of blurted that out without actually thinking too much about it. I just the idea of free will, and if if there is a timeline, to me a timeline sort of speaks to kind of a, a preordained destiny. So, is yep. is there room for free will there?
2: Oh, sure. I I get you. So uh, this is interesting. It remind when you you said that it um, reminded me of uh, of an. Old Superman car, um, comic book that I read many years ago, and where um, I don't know if it was Superman or, or uh, one of my other favorite uh, DC superheroes of the time trying to change time, and um, found that that it was impossible uh, that they just couldn't change time. Time couldn't be uh, bent or changed no matter how much they they tried to do it. Something would always um, they would always end up in the in the same place, and. Um, I, I for one don't love the idea of predestination, and I, I don't see any reason why, if you did travel back in time, if if it wouldn't be possible to to change things and, and adjust the course that that you were on. I, I definitely would not want to think that it would would not be possible to uh, to change courses.
1: The other book in this series, Empire. Uh, tell me a little bit about that.
2: So. Uh, Empire picks up on the heels of uh, the Twin Towers and uh, this is when uh, the good news is that uh, that mission was accomplished and the Twin Towers are still standing but uh, there are all kinds of unintended consequences that, that come from that and um, our, I'll, I'll hum a few bars about this but uh, then encourage your listeners to uh, to actually go to the books for the rest. So um, our, our time travelers uh, who stay in the past, and they leverage their knowledge of, of the future and become uh, obscenely wealthy and start to put their fingers on the scales of the American political process. And, and um, that is good for their agenda, but there, there are some that uh, don't really like the uh, the rate and pace of, of change. Um, and uh, you, we start seeing the rise of familiar playbooks in politics particularly uh, those who, who uh, play the race cards and and that ultimately leads to uh, the demise of our of our hero and heroine and they uh, they use the time tunnel to escape but not to the place that they intended to uh, to escape to uh, so they'll uh, they're going to end up in uh, 1890 uh, Standing Rock uh, just a few months before the the uh, the massacre at wounded knee and uh, so they've gone from one problem to another and then this ultimately sets up uh, book 3 uh, which right now looks to be the uh, the last book in the series but uh, but I don't know my my fans are are screaming at me that uh, no you have to keep going but, but right now book 3 is the um, is uh, intended to be the last book
1: ah well yeah it, it's it's a the possibilities are really endless with this type of genre. I mean, you could there's so many inflection points in history, uh, whether it's uh, slavery. Um, well, Stephen King uh, sort of covered off, I guess, the, uh, the assassination of JFK uh, in his book, um, November twenty second, nineteen sixty three. But uh, so many uh, possibilities. Uh, can you give us a bit of a hint of what, what's coming up with the next one?
2: Sure. So. Um where we'll end up is that uh, one of our time travelers is stranded in, in 1890. And um, the, the interesting thing is, so she's stranded, but she's got a laptop computer that um, has uh, pretty much all the world's knowledge from uh, about 2008 on back, including knowledge of uh, inventions. And uh, so she's going to leverage that, that information and uh, is going to completely change the United States moving forward. So it's going to cause all kinds of of chaos, um, and uh, ultimately, that the at the end of of book two, well, we get a glimpse of what's going to come because there there is no more uh, United States uh, in 2008. Uh, it's been uh, changed into. Into an empire which uh, bears the name of, of the person who is, is stranded in, in the past.
1: What was it um, Mark Twain said about history? It doesn't always repeat, but it often rhymes or something. I think that was Twain.
2: <laughs> yeah. In, in, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the future is not what it used
1: to be. <laughs> Neither is nostalgia. <laughs> um,. We were talking about the butterfly effect, and uh, you know, we don't have, right now at least, we can't go back to the past, we just have the ever-present now, but we can still cause the, the butterfly effect. Has, has writing this book, researching time travel, thinking about time travel uh, and the past and the butterfly effect, does that, has that changed the way that you interact with people now, think, being mindful of how every interaction can cause another, like a chain reaction?
2: Uh, sure, uh, though I don't know how much of that is attributable to writing the books versus just being uh, an older and wiser person than I used to be, and so I just um, I, I just really try to be more mindful in general of how my actions and behavior can impact others, and uh, so um, I I just uh, really. Try not to be an ah if if I can possibly avoid it, and it's hard to know. Again, how much of that is attributable to the the fact that uh, I'm writing time travel books and, and mindful of how things can uh, affect other things, and how much of it is attributable to the fact that I'm hopefully a, an older and wiser person than I used to be.
1: Aside from the fact that you know this this series it's a it's a wild ride, it's action packed, and so forth. What what do you think is the takeaway? Uh, that you want to leave readers with?
2: Oh, um, gosh, that is such a fantastic question. And, you know, I'm so focused on, um, on, uh, on selling books that, uh, I haven't really, uh, thought of the, of the greater purpose of the, of the books. Uh, that said though, um, I think that there are potentially some teachable moments in, in the books. And I, um, and so I do try to point to some specific events with, without lecturing to at least raise questions in readers' minds about, huh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. What, what would have happened if, if this had happened instead? Uh, would we uh, have been in a, a different place? And in, in the first incarnation of um, The Twin Towers, I had actually written much further and, and um, tried to lead the witness a lot further along than I ultimately did in uh, in the final version of, of the book. and so, But I, I realized at some point that it was really, I felt that it was starting to um, cross some boundaries that would be perceived as being political that I, I really wanted to try to avoid. And so I, I, I pulled up short and I, again, tried to um, uh, strike a balance where, it would lead the reader to the point where they they were asking questions or maybe uh, thinking with without uh, trying to bang them over the head with uh, with with my own opinions.
1: How about the future? are you are you positive about the future? Are you generally an, an optimistic person?
2: Oh gosh. Um, uh, you know I'd like to think I'm a generally optimistic per- person person. It, it's kind of hard to uh, comment on that without. Just being, um, being, uh, speaking about the um, the environment that we find ourselves in today. Uh, So I'll I'll try to avoid uh, political commentary, but I do have concerns about that, and um, and I am very concerned about uh, climate change. And so that's something that, uh, and so I think about things like how many people were on the planet when I was born, and there were fewer than three billion people on the planet at that time. And so in my lifetime, we'll, we'll certainly triple that uh, or more. Um, and so it's kind of terrifying to watch. And so just an example of that, But it seems like every time we cross another billion-person threshold, uh, we'll have a slew of shows that come on that will ask questions like, how do we feed uh six billion people, seven billion people, eight billion people. And, and, um, my response to that is that, well, we're asking the wrong question. The question is not, how do we feed eight billion people? The question is, how do we cut the population in half? So, um, yeah, I, I sure want to be a, a, an optimistic person, but I, I'm not, uh, not crazy about the direction where we're, we're headed at, at this point. And in, uh, in your last show, you, uh, the, that uh, caller from the year 3000 um, uh, came in, and you handled that very well. and uh, But uh, uh, you left on a good note, which is that uh, it's good to know that we'll still be around then. And so <laughs> yes. I, 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 I hope you're right. I hope we will be.
1: <laughs> somehow we managed to muddle through, don't yeah, we? somehow. Yes. How do uh, people get a hold of uh, the Time Tunnel series, uh, The Empire and the Twin Towers?
2: So we're on... Uh, We're on Amazon, so Time Tunnel, the Twin Towers, and Time Tunnel, the Empire. And in the not-too-distant future, uh, you can time travel to the future and and read uh, Time Tunnel, the Empire. So all of those are on uh, Amazon. Uh, We're also, uh, we have a website at timetunnel.one. That's not timetunnel.com, it's timetunnel.one, O-N-E. And uh, then we also have a a Facebook page as well.
1: There's a great uh, trailer as well. Uh, for the book, uh, oh, tunnel.1 <laughs>
2: Thank you very much.
1: Richard, thank you very much. It was great talking to you again.
2: Uh, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure.
1: Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll be back on the other side to share a few words on an upcoming episode. If you want to support my work here at Strange Planet... Please consider becoming an official donor. It's easy. Just go to patreon.com forward slash strange planet. There are several donation tiers to choose from, from a dollar per month to $50 a month. New donors at the $10, $20, and $50 per month tier receive a free mug from my Strange Planet shop. Donors in the $20 tier also have their names appear on a crawl during the YouTube live stream of my weekly radio program, The Conspiracy Show. And donors in the $50 tier receive a special on air thank you on my radio program. Whatever you give, your support helps keep my radio program and this podcast going. Help me pursue the truth wherever it leads. Patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Thank you, and God bless. Coming up next time on Conspiracy Unlimited, JFK and the murder of mistress Mary Pinchot Meyer. She knew the players. I mean, she
2: understood that the function of this commission was not to find who killed Kennedy
0: or to examine a conspiracy. It was to make people complacent and to put it behind us before the election.
1: Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now.
0: A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com your mind That is all for now Oh, and remember to share and give a 5 star review because we have huge egos and need love We're like cats, we need We need constant petting